Okay, now we begin Maseches the Mayan Ernest, Perak Aleph Mishnah Aleph one one. This whole parak deals with leniencies that apply to the Mai, since really Midorai said it's mutter to eat as is. Um, the first Mishnah here discusses certain species of produce, um, fruits essentially that are um, exempt from the Mai requirements of tithing. Um, let's call it a second time. Uh, the reason for these leniencies, according to Reish Lakish, who's the Pshal, I'm going to say here now, in the Yerushalmi, is that there's a sveik sveika, there's a double doubt if they're required to be tithed, and since there's a double doubt, we are totally lenient. Um, the first doubt is, like I said before in the introduction, who knows um, if this food has been tithed properly. Um, maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. So if it has, then it wouldn't need tithing, and that's at least the first of the two sides of the suffix. But maybe it hasn't. But even if it hasn't been tithed properly, there's a second possibility. Um, second possibility is that this particular produce is not suspected of needing to be tithed altogether. Um, why would that be? So according to the Bartonor, it's because these types of produce are really low-grade produce that is growing in the wild and not cultivated normally by farmers. And then these people who are selling them essentially pick them from the wild. As we saw in Masachas Peah, Food that grows in the wild is exempt from tithes. So if these are just basically um, wild produce, so then they'd be exempt from tithes and altogether. And therefore, there's a fake sveika, a double doubt. The first who says it wasn't tithed properly. And even if it wasn't tithed properly, well, maybe they need to get tithed because it came from the wild. There's a second pshat, not the Bartonura's pshat, but Rashi's pshat and the Rush and others, that the reason why these particular species are lenient is, again, a double doubt. The first, as before, who said it wasn't tithe, and the second, not because they grow in the wild and therefore they're not worth much, um, and that's why um, they wouldn't need to be tithed, but rather that because they're worth so little, even if they were cultivated, the farmers who cultivated them wouldn't have an objection to tithe them properly because they're worth so little is not much of a loss. Uh, the Mishnah reads, I'm going to use translations based on the art scroll, Mishnayas, Yad Avraham, and I will rely on them. Hakalan Sheba Demai, the Mishnah reads, these following species are lenient with respect to the Lachas of Demai. The first is Hashisen. Shisen are some kind of wild figs. Vaharimen, a lotus fruit. Vuzradin. Vuzradin are like um, sorb apples, crab apples, something like that. Uvano Shuach, it's a different kind of fig, um, white figs. And Benol Shikma, sycamore figs. Novlos, these are dates that fell. Uh, Bartram actually gives two pshatim here. The first is um, dates that didn't ripen properly while they're on the tree. Um, and uh, then they were like harvested early. And the second pshat is um, there were dates that fell from the tree from the wind. In any case, um, we have the word novlos, by the way, in, in Brachos, for what it's worth, as one of the mine klala, if you recall. Yeah, Mishnah continues on. Hagufnin. Gufnin are grapes that ripen late in the season. These aren't grapes that are especially sweet, and that's why you save them till late, but rather grapes that really never ripen properly. And because of that, they don't taste very good and only really wants them, um, etc. And therefore, they are lean when it comes to the mind, like the other species. And finally, Hanitzpa. Nitzpa is the tzlaf, the caper. So, simple understanding here is these are actually um, caper. Capers, like you have on your locks or, you know, 
um, in Eretz Israel, capers grow everywhere. In case you haven't noticed, um, they're the green plant that's growing out of the Kotel, um, and they grow wild and naturally, and therefore, like these other species, they're either inexpensive or, or not cultivated. They are hefker. Uvi Yehuda, in the land of Yehuda, meaning in Eretz Yisrael, um, the Eretz Yisrael is divided into the northern part, the Galilee, and the southern part, um, Judea. And we're talking out here in Judea. That was around the Beis HaMikdash area, near Shalim. We have Ha'og. Og, as we translated also in the first parak of Pea, is sumac, sort of a red berry. And I told you that's the red that you'll see inside of... Um, of za'atar, if you see red in za'atar, and uh, apparently you can buy it, and people even eat it in their salads today, so I'm told. V'chomet Yehuda, vinegar in Yehuda. Now, the backstory here is that the way one makes vinegar in the time of Chazal is not with chemicals and not with apple cider. It's with red wine that is soured. So spoiled red wine is what is the source of vinegar. Now, there was a, a nace, a miracle that happened in the time of the Beis HaMikdash around... Um, Yehuda in the Judean, Judean region around the base of Mikdash, since they needed their wine um, to give libations in Yerushalayim, the wine libations on the Mizbech, on the altar. So a nace happened, um, and while the wine libations were going, the wine in Jerusalem never spoiled. So therefore, um, the way they got their vinegar was not from fermented or spoiled wine, but rather from uh, fermented temed. I'm unfamiliar with the English translation of the word temed. It means um, grape seeds that were left behind after the grape pressing that happened to make wine. So then those are essentially were abandoned garbage. But if you take those seeds and soak them in water, you can get a bit of you know grape flavor inside the water, and that can be fermented to make some kind of vinegar. So the idea here is that during the time of the Beis HaMikdash, um, the wine was created from hefker, abandoned garbage grape seeds and perhaps other pulp and stuff like that um, from the you know skins, etc. And therefore it's pafker and therefore exempt from Trumus Maestras. So purchasing such vinegar would not be required to be tithed, even as demai. Um, however, that only applies when the base English was up and running and uh, the libations were going. But uh, after the fact, like Bismarck Hazer or whatever, after Chorban, so then the vinegar of Yehuda was the same as vinegar in anywhere else in the country that it needed to be tied, the one purchased it, uh, as demai. And finally, about kuzbar, it's actually a bit of a machlokus if kuzbar is talking about specifically just in Yehuda or old kuzbar. Kuzbar is coriander. Um, that's the, uh, the zera god of the Pasuk, those white seeds or kind of like brown seeds. Um, in uh, modern Hebrew, kuzbara is the name for coriander. I'm probably more familiar to those who live in Israel as being cilantro because the cilantro is a plant. And uh, the seeds of the cilantro are the coriander seeds. If you don't know what coriander looks like or tastes like, if you've ever eaten bultong, which is a South African delicacy, like kind of South African version of beef jerky, so uh, the main um, spice on the outside of the bultong is coriander seeds. So that coriander, again, is also like a wild uh, seed, if you will, or hefker, and therefore it doesn't carry uh, much value and therefore can be assumed to not need uh, tithing as demai, like all the rest in the list, because of that fake sveka, the double doubt, which is the shita of uh, Reish Lakish. I will point out there's a second pshat on this Mishnah according to Rav Yochanan in the Rishalmi, but I'm not explaining that pshat because uh, the Mafarsha Mishnah don't uh, go with that approach.